WWE Survivor Series. You think you can stop the Nexus? It's all part of a bigger picture that you're too simple to understand. A new chapter is about to be written. A WWE Survivor Series, you're either Nexus or you're against us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very muzzy wrestling podcast. Episode 7. Sam, we made it through last week when we had the audacity to talk bad things about AEW and no one even tracked us down and tried to kill us or set us on fire. That's exciting, huh? Because we have three listeners. And my dad would not do that to me. Never. Um, but yeah, so I'm Matt. I'm Sammy. We're married and we're going to talk about professional wrestling. This week we're taking it back about a decade to uh, 2010 to 2011. John Cena's on top of the world, putting down every young talent he can left and right. Randy Orton is on top of the world, the apex predator. You got some new up-and-comers just trying to make their name, like The Miz, and you got Sheamus. But in the summer of 2010, the entire landscape of the WWE would change forever. And by forever, I mean about five months. Uh, if that. We're talking about the Nexus this week, and uh, this this topic was brought to my attention, was actually requested. Uh, today we have a very special guest, um, the man who requested to be on this podcast for reasons I don't quite understand, but I truly appreciate, um, our good friend Zach. Zach, what's going on, man? Hey, not too much. I'm glad to be here. So it's, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, like wh- who you are, what you do, and your background, I guess, into um, your fandom of professional wrestling. Sure. So, uh, my name is Zach, everybody. Zach Rich. I got to know these lovable, uh, I was going to say fools for having me on their show. You can say fools. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, We got to know each other because uh, my best friend started dating Matt's best friend. And Yep. Shout out to Will and Emily. I hope you're listening. You kind of are obligated to. Even if you're not going to understand anything. But here we are. Uh, my Really, my intro to professional wrestling was through my, my grandfather, uh, who watches religiously uh, every show before the WWE Network. He would be recording every show, talking about Raw and SmackDown mainly. Oh, that's old school. Uh, and then, you know, when I was over at his house, he's on the other side of the state, but whenever I was there for a week, and you knew how the week was going to be set up based on what wrestling shows, or as he would say, wrestling shows, oh, yeah. uh, existed. He thinks wrestling is spelled with an A. So <laughs> the old school wrestling. But yeah, so you know the this time period was really the time when I was watching pretty regularly. Because then it's something to talk to your grandfather about. And yeah. it's actually the time I've I've been to one live show for wrestling, and that was. Uh, the WWE Live Holiday Tour, okay. uh, back when it was at the Joe Louis Arena uh, in December of 2011. Nice. So you know he started, he had some of these uh, up and comers, but you also had, you know, I was able to watch Booker T wrestle, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then I, the only reason I really remember when it was, I was trying to figure out the year. Yeah, is it was when Jinder Mahal. First started to <laughs> like wow. Even then, I'm like wow. This is not the best character, dude. You're talking about future WWE champion Jinder Mahal. That is correct. You better watch yourself. You don't hinder the gender on this podcast. 
No, no, but he was he was uh, marked out there just to lose to Ted DB to Ted DiBiase uh, oh, Jr. Oh, Jesus so. Christ! You're just opening up like a can of worms of people who are long forgotten. You said Booker T wrestled. Was that like when he came back to have his feud with Cody Rhodes? Yep. Oh, that's he, sick. Was, uh, the title was for uh, it was an international intercontinental championship but uh okay you know, it wasn't a live show so it wasn't like titles were changing hands right 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 no that's still really cool um yeah when i when i seen you message me to ask to be on to discuss the nexus first i didn't really know you were a wrestling fan at any point so that's cool and also thank you very much i know you're a you're a busy man i know you've got a political career booming you work for the the school board correct as well yeah i'm, I'm on the school board uh in farmington okay and then uh also work as a congressional staffer, but I, I, f- I figured, you know, there are worse ways to uh, to hinder a career than than being on a wrestling podcast. Uh, I, yeah, you could have like a scandal or kill somebody or someone could pull up a bad tweet from 10 years ago. You never know. Anything is possible. But hey, if, if it goes best case scenario, you could end up governor of Minnesota. <laughs> the body, Jesse Ventura, gorilla my impression of jesse i I just uh i just saw a uh a news clip uh from glenn jacobs or kane uh doing a choke slam on someone who's disagreeing with him when they were (laughs) uh at two podiums and i was just like okay that's something that happens yeah wrestling is real life now (laughs) it's all fake (laughs) are you ever gonna choke slam somebody during a debate if I you ever have one, it out, but it would probably be poor form. I don't know. I think if you get, if you like practice your back muscles, like really stretch those out, I think you could deliver a tombstone. <laughs> just drive that some bitch through the wood or whatever. I guess that, that just means watch all the debates I'm in. I'm I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to watch you work. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's let's a uh, little background on the Nexus. Um. Back in 2010, WWE NXT was not what it is today. Today, it's like the third brand. There's Raw, SmackDown, NXT exists. It's for the I don't want to say minor league talent because they have some really talented people. So it's more like before they're ready to be on the big time TV. But uh, the original idea for NXT was to be more of a game show where there would be eight rookies that they pulled from FCW, which would be like that era's current NXT, if that makes sense. So you have your eight rookies going to be brought in. They are paired up with a pro from the main WWE roster at the time. They are going to compete every week, whether it be in professional wrestling matches or contests where they push barrels around, or I think they did like javelin, like fake javelin jousting or something. I'm sure at one point the an idea that was tossed out there was competitive truth or dare, and you never know. That's something, <laughs> that's something that they could have come up with. I think if anything, CM Punk could have made truth or dare entertaining, though. Oh, definitely. Honey, do you think that this was a Walt Disney creation, the game show version of NXT? Probably. Or do you think it was Vince trying to pitch a game show idea, and Walt's like not for it? He's like, Walt, I got an idea. We got these kids down here in NXT, and they have some real potential. Well, it, one of them does, and the rest of them, not really. But we got to get them on TV. I'm, I'm thinking of a new brand. Are you following me so far? Sure, Vince. What? Louder, damn it. Sure, Vince! Anyway. If, if, if I may, I, th- I think Walt might have, you know, been looking at some of these 
pros and was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we need to, to make sure that certain people are lined up so they could have storylines in the future. <laughs> well, well, goddamn, Walt. I like that idea. We got to have good pros with good, well, decent rookies, and then one day they'll have backstory. That's really damn good. You're a smart son of a bitch. Now, I had a thought. People want to see these guys wrestle, right? Well, they're not going to wrestle, goddammit. They're going to compete. This is a competition show. This is entertainment. This is a variety show. They're going to they're gonna push barrels around, and they're going to they're gonna joust with javelins. And we're going to make sure that Michael Cole talks shit about Daniel Bryan every week because he had the audacity to come from the independents. Yeah, what do you think, Walt? I had worse ideas. <laughs> Um, I, I've been replaced. I am fired. I don't know. Zach's Walt is fucking fire. You might have to come up with a new uh, new character. I'm sorry. I mean, but, hey, man. The more the merrier. You know, we're all a team here. Um, but yeah, man. So you had the uh, the rookies and the pros. They went through. Like I said, Daniel Bryan came in with a lot of hype around this time. He was known in the independent scene. Came up, uh, was widely known already as one of the best wrestlers in the world to the hardcore fan base. Uh, formerly known as the American Dragon, Bryan Danielson, and he came in. And their main objective from day one was to make him seem like the biggest fucking nerd on the planet. Like. Michael Cole would just be like, oh, this nerd doesn't even eat meat. How's he supposed to wrestle? And then you had Matt Stryker, God bless Matt Stryker, trying to defend him. And everyone else is like, he's from the minor leagues. He'll never make it big. So you already kind of had a negative connotation toward NXT there. I mean, he, he did wrestle John Cena back in like 2002, 2003 in his first stint in the WWE. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, well, we'll bring him back. Maybe. He's coming back from the independent circuit. Seven years, you know. Um, but yeah, so this was a, this NXT concept. It was a weekly show. Uh, towards the end of it, people start getting eliminated. There will be one winner. That will be your NXT winner. And that person will, I believe, go on to the main roster and has a guaranteed championship match, I believe, was the prize, right? Yeah, it was uh, you have a guaranteed title shot of your choice, essentially, and uh, you have a, a WWE contract. Okay, that was it. So uh, you've never seen any of that, really, right? Nope. Um, it's probably for the best. Uh, however, the uh, these these eight men decided to choose their own fate to create their own destiny. And on the June seventh, twenty ten episode of Monday Night Raw, during the main event, which saw John Cena taking on a uh, CM Punk wearing a mask, which uh, shook both me and Zach because we kind of forgot about that angle. Uh, towards the end of the match, uh, you got Wade Barrett, the winner, coming down, and he's got an armband with an N on it, and you're like, oh, where's this going? And then all of a sudden, the other rookies from NXT start circling the ring, and people are on edge, and, and then these eight men, they come together, and they, they lay waste. They whoop serious ass. They're all over the place. They're right out here in front of us. They're, look, look. It, it's Slater, Sheffield. What is going on there, Pat? They uh, they jump in, they take out CM Punk, they take out Luke Gallows at the ringside, who my beautiful wife thought for a moment was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep, I sure did. <laughs> 
Um, and then they go after the big dog at the time, not current day, Roman Reigns. I'm talking about John Cena, the top dog. They, uh, they lay waste to everybody. They take the commentators out. They take Stryker out. Michael Cole runs away, I think. They get into it with Lawler. They're beating up referees, tearing up the like- ring. They made life a, a lot easier for the people whose job it is to break down the set afterwards. Because <laughs> they just started to tear everything down for them. And they're like, eh, we're good to go. Yeah, it's like, cool, the ring's already halfway demolished. Uh, now, you, I showed you this thinking you were going to be like, damn, that's a good moment. And you were just like, this was way too long. Yeah, yeah, I was over it about five minutes in. I'm like, they're still destructing things. I think the thing is, like, that you got to realize. So this was at a time when WWE was really um, clean and just kind of P- very PG, very predictable. So the, they, the fans hadn't seen anything like this in a long time where it was just completely out of nowhere. Like, some unknowns came and destroyed top talent, took all the announcers out, destroyed the ring. So it was, like, it was something new. So for this one night, and possibly just this night, there was some pretty big buzz for these guys. Zach, what were your thoughts on the uh, Nexus debut? Uh, you know, I thought as as a Sammy, it was uh, a lot longer than I thought it was when <laughs> I remembered it. Yeah. Um, I, I, to be honest, I was going through the the recording of it and skipped ahead, and I'm like, wait, is this another attack? Nope, it's the it's the same attack. It's the same event, and. Uh, you know, I think it caused a lot of buzz for a lot of people, except. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, uh, Daniel Bryan got fired like the day after for this because uh, he went. I, I know that they're. Ch- I, I guarantee you that Vince is like, go out there and raise hell, do whatever you got to do. But uh, Daniel Bryan strangled uh, ring announcer Justin Roberts with his necktie and spit in John Cena's face, which was fucking dope to watch. But uh, he got fired the day after for being too aggressive. They cut the necktie part out of the network. They do. I don't know if you noticed that, Zach, but um, the part where Brian chokes Justin Roberts, like they have a new angle on the network. So it, before it was right up close and Roberts is there just like, I just did a choking face for those who can't see me. But uh, yeah, they have a new angle up now because I guess that's not PG enough. Yeah, I, I think that really cuts out the why Daniel Bryan got sent out. And, you know, they, they were talking about how it was oh, we have sponsors that we need to appease and and all that. And I don't know. They they, they kind of booted them back to the independent circuit real quick. Yeah. Um, they explained it, I guess, the week after. And Wade Barrett said that Daniel Bryan had felt remorse for his actions. So they booted him for being too weak, which is just kind of really funny considering he was the most aggressive one the week before. Yeah, you know, story storyline calls for certain explanations. Uh, so it's funny, like you said, at this time, like obviously, as soon as he got fired, he was the hottest thing on the independents. So he was like getting signed to stuff right away. And I think it was a PWG show. And um, in the independents, when wrestlers come out, they'll throw streamers, like the whatever. And uh, the crowd threw neckties at Daniel Bryan in his first match back on the indies. What an incredible uh, choice. And it just goes, goes to show you that some, that wrestling fans not only know what's up, but they're quite creative. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they have their moments. Uh, can you imagine that? Just go into a show and 
five, not, that's way too many, like a hundred people just throw a necktie at Daniel Bryan. That's nuts. That's how, how they coordinated that is nuts. Like a hundred people is just like, let's bring neckties. Like that they got <laughs> on the internet. I assume that's how it got out. Yeah, I would think so. And, uh, I'm trying really hard to segue into saying somebody was too tied up, but I can't think of it. So I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to move on. Uh, throughout the next uh, few weeks, the Nexus establishes themselves at the main uh, heel stable on Monday Night Raw. They attack uh, the general manager at the time, Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> and uh, they attack Vince McMahon. They attack Ricky Steamboat and Dusty Rhodes. So the Nexus is going through, and they're attacking all these legends. They're making their name known. But there is, there is one man in the WWE who simply will not stand for the injustices of the Nexus and that is the leader of Hustle, Loyalty, and Respect. What's his name? John Cena. That's right. John <laughs> Cena sees these guys and he says, no, sir, you're not going to make trouble around here. I will take you down. And uh, they are scheduled to do a Nexus versus John Cena seven-on-one handicap match. Uh, the week before the match, John Cena attacks Darren Young to make it a six-on-one. You know, got to even up the odds for John Cena because he typically doesn't overcome the odds. That's not really his thing. Um, hustle, hustle, loyalty, and respect. Let me take out one of my opponents a week early. Yeah, integrity, right? There you go. That's like that becomes part of the storyline is that John Cena's character is that he's just this goody two shoes, like does everything by the book, and he straight up bullies these boys like the entirety of their feud. Yeah, you, you start to see uh, the other side of John Cena, where it's like he'll just go off. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot. Like somebody just pushes him the wrong way, and he just he'll beat the shit out of you in front of your fan, in front of your friends, your family, and then he'll act like it was all your fault. Yeah, I feel like this is the first time where like we see that like John Cena is backstage too, like a politicker. Like you're always like, oh, he's a nice guy. He'll put new talent over, and he's just as bad as like say like a Hulk Hogan or a Kevin Nash. Oh, and we haven't even gotten to the SummerSlam match yet. So, yeah, you're uh, you're ahead of the curve on that, boy. Uh, I guess to his credit in this six-on-one handicap match, this is on the WWE Network, The Best of Nexus, which, A, I was happy to find because it made researching for this a little easier, but B, also surprised to find because the Nexus had about two good, uh, two good moments. But uh, in this six-on-one, the Nexus does beat John Cena, and of course it comes after several minutes of John Cena making the Nexus look like just chumps individually. But then when they team up, nobody can stop the Nexus when they're on the same page. And Justin Gabriel gets to pin John Cena with the 450 splash. It, it's one of those, it was the same time with Justin Gabriel uh, kind of trying to step into uh, the shoes of Evan Bourne, who was on his way out. Uh, you know, they needed a high flyer to do that. And they had, you know, they had John, John Morrison, but they need, need a younger guy. Yeah. I will say I was like surprised going back and watching just, they made Justin Gabriel look really good at first. They were putting the 450 over like crazy. I thought they were going to have him be, you know, the next Ray Mysterio type. Yeah. Uh, fighter. What did what did you think that uh, of uh, Justin Gabriel's presentation? I thought he was good. I thought it was funny just now when Zach was like, "Yeah, they were trying to make him like a John Morrison, but they needed somebody younger." Like John Morrison still wrestles. Like it blows <laughs> my mind that it's like they needed someone younger than him because he's still like, how old is he now? Like fifty. Morrison's in his forties. At least he still looks good. 
Yeah, but yeah, no, Justin Gabriel, <laughs> someone who does not still look good is Justin Gabriel. That, that's accurate. And John Morrison is out there wrestling and losing seasons of Survivor with the best of them. <laughs> I never did watch that. I know I know he was on it. He, did, he, did he did he watch it? I'm guessing. I I did. He did okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you expect from a <laughs> fake athlete i'm just kidding john if you hear me i'm just kidding because i know that dude is shredded six ways from sunday and i look like i look so (laughs) jesus christ um yeah throughout the the next several weeks though the nexus continues their uh their beatdowns of the wwe roster they're creating enemies of of several men coming up at the uh, biggest party of the summer SummerSlam 2010 there's going to be a seven on seven tag team match between the nexus and team wwe which I incorrectly referred to as Team Cena while I was writing my notes, but really, what's the difference, huh? 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 There is none. I mean, he he was the one putting the team together, essentially. So I I understand that he was also the the main target of the Nexus. Yeah. So I'll give it to you. I'll I'll allow it. (laughs) Team Cena. (laughs) I didn't know that the Great Khali was supposed to be a part of the team at first. Because could you imagine how much worse that shit would have been if the great Kali was there instead of Daniel Bryan? That would have been awful. I, tr- I mean, uh, you didn't really I mean, watch. I, so, so I understand having The Miz since he was a mentor on NXT. Yeah. But at the same time, this was when The Miz was just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was like they were starting to push him to like be a more serious character, but he was still just super annoying all the time. Some things never change. <laughs> no, no. It, it, going back to what Sam said about uh, Morrison being around today, I was actually kind of like shell-shocked by how much of the WWE side of things is the exact same today. Because in this part, The Miz has the Money in the Bank Championship, and then later in 2010, he wins the uh, WWE title. And literally this year, like about a month ago, The Miz cashed in the money in the bank to become the WWE champion. It's like shit just is the exact same that it was 11 years ago somehow. As much as things change, they stay the same. Exactly. Uh, but we uh, we come to SummerSlam 2010, and uh, the, the last member of Team Cena is actually to be revealed on the show the Miz, I guess, is playing hardball with him, like, oh, I should be on your team, but I don't know. John, John Cena was like, I, I want you on the team, right? You are the, you are the U.S. champion. Yeah. You, you should be on Team WWE. And the Miz was being his Miz self. Yeah, of course. And was like, you know, playing hardball like you said. Yeah. that's uh, You don't play hardball with John Cena, and the entire Nexus is about to learn that. Huh? But um... So, uh comprising the nexus comes out they're all united they come out in like a v-shape like a flock of birds they're ready to it's fight flying v from mighty ducks yeah exactly they're out there they're they're ready to score some goals uh, i don't know my segues aren't that good today uh they come out united they're ready to fight uh the team wwe comes out one by one they're not on the same united front uh john cena edge john morrison our truth chris jericho Brett the Hitman hardest working SummerSlam, honey. I was so excited when his music hit, and then I was like, "Oh, but he's old now." Dude, I she loves Bret Hart, so do I. 
But I was telling her, I'm like, yo, there's someone in this match, and I just really want to see your reaction when they come out. And as soon as that, like, guitar twang hits at the beginning, like, the... At first she was excited, and then she was confused. And then she was both. And then old-ass Bret Hart with his jorts and his white t-shirt come down. He was doing the best that he could. This was after, you know, he was the Raw general manager, so I, I get being on Team WWE, and then having a bone to pick with, with the Nexus. <laughs> I tell you right now, in Canada we still have honor, and the Nexus doesn't have any damned honor, and I'm going to take them down in the SummerSlam. Thank you, Brat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so your, your last entrant, uh, your last entrant, uh, the Miz's music hits, and Michael Cole's like, yeah, that's your boy, the Miz. That's who you want. And then John Cena's like, no, Miz. You've, you disappointed me. You disappointed all of us. You deliberately disobeyed me. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so, so, Miz, you're not going to be our guy. You know how Cena gets real serious when he talks? He's like, our seventh member is a guy who hates the Nexus just as much as we do. Our seventh member is Daniel Bryan. The seventh member... Of Team WWE is Daniel Bryan. What? Daniel Bryan? Wow. I bet in 2010 you were hype for that. Oh, yeah. I was the most hype. What What did you think of Bryan being the seventh guy, Zach? Absolutely incredible. I was so happy he was back, uh, especially because, you know, he, he was gone. And it, it was a pretty well-kept secret of of who would be coming back and you know it was like oh i bet the miz is gonna come out and then someone else is gonna be there but i definitely didn't expect him yeah man and uh so this is still early in his wwe run but the dude comes out and he's a house of fire he's awesome in this match and it's great that he replaced the miz because the miz was his mentor on nxt yeah, I really liked that bit of storytelling, and that comes in toward the end of the match, too, that Brian just comes out, Miz is up there like, what? What did I do? And Daniel Bryan is not here to fuck around. He's here to take the Nexus down. So our 7-on-7 seven seven tag team match, I thought it was really good. Did you watch this again or no? I did. I, I was watching uh, the match. It It's one of those where because it was, you know, an elimination match, it goes on a little bit longer than you think it might yeah but i mean it means that everyone has to get involved somehow sometimes you have those big matches and some person doesn't even get tagged in right yeah yeah i thought i thought this match flowed really well and i thought that it did everything that it was supposed to do because at first you have daniel bryan comes in hot he taps darren young out like right away he gets submitted John Morrison ends up pinning Michael Tarver pretty soon in, so real quick it's 7-5 to five WWE, and you're thinking, all right, these guys are going to whoop ass. Uh, but then the Nexus starts to uh, overcome because they got the big powerhouse uh, Skip Skip Sheffield comes in. Yip, yip, yip. Skip Sheffield, yeah. who, you know, after an ankle injury, comes back as, a, as Ryback. And, God. I mean, actually gets, you know, has that whole run. Yeah. Where he is unbeatable. If you haven't, search Ryback on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel and it is hilarious. It's him oh, no. it's like he uh it's him just he like eats hot food and rev- reviews food 
and like i know there's like six million of those there's one i remember he's like doing asmr while eating potato chips is, is that all because he had the feed me more or whatever yeah Jeez. it's like uh it's like the ryback feed me more challenge and then the ones where he's eating hot food it's called ryback has heat and uh this fucking crazy dude i think he legally changed his name to ryback reeves because he wanted to own that property and that was the only way he could actually keep it so you, I, you do what you gotta I do guess it makes sense <laughs> yeah he must have trademarked feed me more too because he has like a feed me more nutrition brand whatever that is i don't know I, I, hey, you know, more power to him. He seems like he's living his best life. So that's all you can ask for. So I was looking into this match a little bit more afterwards. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, one thing that we talked about in the past was what would have happened if the result of SummerSlam was different? I don't know. And, it would have been a lot more beneficial to this group. I know that. So, so I was looking in according. So Edge and Jericho uh, said that the original plan mm-hmm. uh, was to put Barrett over and establish the Nexus as a legitimate threat to WWE. Yeah. Uh, with Edge and Jericho being the last members of Team WWE to be eliminated by Barrett. Yeah. Uh, but then you know John Cena being John Cena refused to lose the Nexus at a pay per view. Yeah. And it's not even so much that he refused to lose, which is bad enough on his own, like to just not put over the young talent because throughout the match, it comes down, it ends up like a four on four. And then there starts to be dissension between team WWE, between edge and Jericho and Cena Heath Slater of all people pins, Chris Jericho and edge at fucking SummerSlam, which I don't think you would ever believe if someone just told you that. Uh, This leaves Brian and Cena to take on Slater and Barrett and Gabriel. Uh, John Cena's beat up. He's on the outside. Daniel Bryan is getting the crowd into it. He's got that baby face fire. Uh, He manages to tap Slater out. But then, as we said earlier, the Miz makes himself known. He interferes and attacks Bryan. So Barrett pins him. And that leaves us with John Cena versus Justin Gabriel and Wade Barrett. And, you know, once again, they're trying to put, you know, trying to shine uh shine up justin gabriel a bit with the 450 splash but then you know yeah misses but then like like i said it's it's one thing if cena would have just refused to lose because i mean that's wrestling that's happened since the dawn of time but what happens is fucking they double team cena they take him to the outside of the ring they pull up the ring mats around and barrett gives him a ddt on the concrete which if you're talking like if wrestling was real is enough to kill a human being and then they roll him back into the ring, and Gabriel goes up for the 450 and misses, and John Cena just pins him, and then Wade Barrett runs in and gets immediately put in the STF and taps out within about 45 seconds after a DDT on fucking concrete. Absolutely ridiculous. I I know that they've talked about uh, this loss. I mean, it crippled the, the momentum of of the nexus yeah because i mean like i know that they had barrett try to cover it because to barrett's credit he's really good on the microphone i know uh i accidentally skipped over something but there is a nexus promo on that best of nexus thing where they kind of introduce themselves and they all take turns talking and all i could think was jesus dude they should have never given the mic to anybody but barrett (laughs) because everyone else just sounds so unnatural and like it's their first time talking on a microphone personally speaking 
back on NXT. All you good people supported me. You all joined in saying, yep, 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 what it do. So how about it? Right here, right now, just like old times, we do it again. Yep, yep, yep. What it do. Yeah, they, they weren't ready. And it's clear that, I mean, outside of winning NXT, the season one of NXT, Barrett was the de facto leader of the group. Yeah. If only because he was the one who could speak on a mic. Yeah, man. I, he was really good on the mic, and I thought he was a good wrestler. I, I was all for him becoming the champion at some point. And you got to think that if, if the Nexus won this, like you, they should have in the correct universe, that Wade Barrett would have been champion by the end of the year. Oh, definitely. Um, going back to that promo, I, I don't mean to jump around, but what did, what did you think of listening to Heath Slater try to be serious? <laughs> Heath Slater, even if he was like, I didn't take him seriously even trying to be serious. I'm just like, this is just Heath Slater. He's got kids. He's just like trying to cut a serious promo with his weird southern drawl. He's like, we're here to make an impact. I'm Heath Slater. And just like I said, the rest of the guys are so wooden. Ryback, Skip Sheffield, it's like, guys, we were all on the same page. You even said, yip, yip, what'd it do with me? And I was just fucking dying. I was like, Ryback just said, yip, yip, what it do? <laughs> when you told me that was his phrase, I was like, how old is he, 12? Well, you got to see who's writing the show, honey. Vince McMahon. Walt Disney. <laughs> yes. Um, God. But yeah, man, SummerSlam, like, this is less than two months after they debut. And John Cena just destroys every bit of momentum they had in 45 seconds they look good all match and then cena does cena things like i've actually like in the past few years it's probably because he hasn't been around as much and like he started to lose more and have good matches toward the end of his run that i started to warm up to him watching through this entire thing just took me right back to 2010 and fucking just hating the man oh yeah i mean he was i mean he's always been polarizing I mean, you have the thank you or we love Cena and Cena sucks chance. Yeah. Back and forth for as long as I can remember. Yeah. So after SummerSlam, the Nexus, uh, like I said, tries to maintain the mo- their momentum because Wade Barrett, to his credit, is real good on the mic. He's like, we may have lost the match, but we've not lost the war. We're still here. Yeah, and so they, so they end up going into this uh, seven one-on-one matches yeah. to come back from SummerSlam and it's essentially just if if you win you're still in the group if not goodbye <laughs> yeah and uh Darren Young I think was the only one who lost and who did he lose to John Cena John Cena shocker so Darren Young is out he's kaput uh, around this time in a live event in August of 2010 right around SummerSlam uh, Skip Sheffield broke his ankle during a tag team match, which would then lead a couple years later to the aforementioned Ryback. So, I mean, <laughs> tough break, but it worked out. Break, Oof. tough break, because he had a broken bone. Punny. Tough break. So that's two men down. So the Nexus is now down <laughs> to five men. Uh, we had a... Uh, Another match on the uh, WWE Network. It's a five-on-five. It's the remaining Nexus against John Cena, Randy Orton, Sheamus, Edge, and Chris Jericho. 
This is about two or three weeks after SummerSlam. Uh, to the Nexus's credit, at least they win this one, which is nice. I guess you got to get your heat back on a random episode of Raw when nobody cares anymore. Uh, it starts out with Jericho getting himself counted out. Edge gets himself DQ'd because he doesn't want to actually wrestle. So that leaves Sheamus and Cena and Orton. And I'm not sure who the champ was at that time, but I think it was Sheamus. But uh, he's the first one from Team Cena to get pinned. So that's what does that tell you? So, yeah, Sheamus out. Uh, it comes down. John Cena does get pinned. So it comes down to Randy Orton feuding with the Nexus at this point. He takes out Gabriel and Tarver, but Wade Barrett ends up pinning Randy Orton. So Barrett's establishing himself as a championship tier caliber athlete. Um, I believe he invokes his claws to get his championship match at Unforgiven, the uh, September pay per view. Was it Night of Champions for that? That was it. You're right. My bad. So September uh, Night of Champions, and so he uses. Here's here's what I'm thinking. I, just to jump back for yeah, a yeah. quick moment. Um, knowing you know, if we look at some of these matches, and it's. These one on ones versus, you know, the for the SummerSlam rematch. Yeah. And can you just imagine that news breaking at the table read? Essentially, like if this was a sitcom, at the table read, it's uh, you have uh, Young just going through, and it's like, okay, who who am I He's flipping through? Who am I going <laughs> up against? It's whoever loses is out. John Cena. Is it? Is that how they told him he was out? Oh, probably. Hey, hey, Darren. Uh, I don't know whose voice this is, so I'll switch to Vince. Darren, we got to do plans for you, bud. You're out of the Nexus. And he's probably, like, relieved. He's probably like, all right, cool. This thing's going nowhere fast. Well, what do you got for me, Vince? Oh, you're going to lose to Cena tonight. And past that, that's it. Get the fuck out there. <laughs> this poor dude. What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? Well, so why did they have him? Like, did he even go on to stay in the WWE or did he leave or? Yeah, Young stayed around for a while. I don't remember how much further. I think he ended up on another season of NXT, but eventually he was in the primetime players with uh, Titus O'Neil. Gotcha. So, I mean, it hurt him, but it didn't, it wasn't like he was gone forever. I mean, to be fair, he kind of ended up having a better run than half the people in the Nexus did, so. Right, so did they kick him out because he wasn't gelling with the group, or did they not see him as like as big as th- has that ever been explained? Do you remember why they why they ran that storyline in the first place? Why they had yeah, this? It, it was to get rid of the weak links of the Nexus. It's like we lost SummerSlam, and it's because we had weak links in our group. Okay, that makes sense. But so they just decided he was the one, the only one. Yeah, we're gonna put this guy up against John Cena, who is refusing to lose to the Nexus in an actual match. Yeah. He's okay being beaten down by them and and just other things, but not in an actual match. I was going to say they did it because Darren Young is black, but I was Michael Tarver stuck but Michael Tarver stuck around, so I guess we can't use that. But um anyway, so uh at the uh six-pack challenge for the wwe championship uh wade barrett does not win the match he does not win the championship and again what a why would you if you had a guaranteed championship match opportunity whenever you wanted to use it why would you choose to use it when there's five other guys involved not a clue that's one of those that's one of those where you see people use cash in the money in the bank uh contract 
at the beginning of a match or like when someone is ready and not when they are or like they just won a match yeah it's like no no no. wait until they were in a uh you know last man standing match cash it in yeah i guess it's it's like one thing if you're like a super good guy baby face and that's your thing like you want to do it honorably or he's uh, like, yeah, I want to take best, on five men. Yeah, I want to prove I can beat five guys. But this is like the biggest heel on the roster. And he's choosing to fight five dudes. I don't know if he thought it would be like easy pickings to let them eliminate each other or what. Or if he just didn't think he could beat John Cena or Sheamus or Randy Orton on his own. Which, yeah. But still, <laughs> like, I don't understand the uh, the thought process there. But uh, Randy Orton wins the title that night. From Sheamus, they continue forth with the Barrett and Cena angle uh, while the Randy Orton is the champion. The next thing we come to is Hell in a Cell in October of 2010, where Wade Barrett and John Cena are going to face off in a singles match. Uh, if Wade Barrett loses, the Nexus must disband. But if John Cena loses, John Cena must join the Nexus. Whoa! Dun, dun, dun! Zach, did you think uh, there was any chance that John Cena was going to join the Nexus back then? I thought of it like when they have the Globetrotters play the Generals, and it's like, if the Generals win, then one of the Globetrotters has to join the Generals. (laughs) That's a good good comparison. Did you you see uh, Barrett winning that match when it came on? No, wasn't I sitting there and didn't I say like eight times? I'm like, who the fuck was watching this and thought, hey, I think Wade Barrett's going to win. Judging by the live crowd reaction, not very many people. Uh, this match is okay. It starts out, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Like I said, I thought Barrett was decent in the ring. John Cena's John Cena. Um, the Nexus comes down. They pretend they're going to interfere, but they're not allowed to interfere because then they lose. But, you know, they got to play the psychological mind games and trip Cena up. But then uh, the entire WWE roster comes down to clear the Which Nexus away. fantastic to watch. I mean, I, I get that it was a pay-per-view, so, like, everyone was there anyway. Yeah. But it was it was great to watch. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You have, like, everyone coming down. The big show leads the charge. He's hauling ass down the fucking ramp. flying yeah he he is a large man but he was soaring yeah what do you think of uh old paul white leading the charge i can't take big show seriously ever since seeing him as the new year's baby well to be fair this was like five years before that i I, well i didn't i've i I know i I saw this now i know your chronological order is not the same but hey he was still you know a bad some bitch yeah, he's never been a bad son of a bitch in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's the world's tallest teddy bear. Um, but yeah, so show comes down, the roster comes, they they take the Nexus away, and it is even ground. It's one-on-one. Uh, they go back and forth, Cena and Barrett do for quite a while. They start kicking out of finishers. Cena kicks out of the wasteland. Barrett kicks out of the uh, the attitude adjustment. 
The crowd is shocked. And then uh, as Cena has Barrett in the STF, he's going to tap him out. The uh, A fan runs into the ring. And, and the referee, who is not facing this guy at all, just knows that he runs in, turns around, tackles the fan. Uh, a husky fella in a red shirt runs and hits John Cena with a foreign object, knocking him unconscious. He clears out. They get the fan away. Uh, Wade Barrett covers for the one, two, three, and John Cena is a part of the Nexus. Whoa. Whoa. What's the move called where he does the you can't see me and then drops on his elbow? Oh, the five knuckle shuffle. Yeah. That is the du- I don't know if he does it in this match, but I just am taking this moment to say <laughs> because you are asking me my thoughts and opinions. That is the dumbest looking move I have ever seen and doesn't look like it hurts in any way, shape, or form. It is funny because it always serves the purpose of when he hits it. For some reason, it makes the other dude just stand up immediately for the AA. Like, he's, they get hit in the face, and their immediate reaction is just to pop up, like, yo, shit, what just happened? Well, it's like when you have a fired-up finisher in a, in a WWE game, right? Yeah. And then hit, hit the up arrow, they stand <laughs> up, and then you can hit the finisher. Yeah, you have your stored finisher, you do your taunt, and they have to stand up. Uh, so one thing I want to go back to that I didn't think to bring up, and I don't know if you noticed this, Zach, in your watch-through. Matt Stryker, commentator. He gets dunked on by Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler every time he says anything. The entire SummerSlam match. He rarely says anything. I know. It's like, maybe that's why. But, like, the SummerSlam match, it's like the beginning. And, like, WWE's up 7-5. to He's like, you gotta feel like the WWE is doing pretty good. And Michael Cole's immediately (laughs) like, no, you dumb son of a bitch. The Nexus is still so dangerous. How could you say that? And then, like, the Nexus gets a pin, and he's like, you can feel the momentum changing. And Michael Cole's like, you dumb shit, it's still 6-5. to five. What the fuck are you talking about? And Jerry Lawler just pipes in to disagree with Matt Stryker no matter what he says. Like, Stryker could be like, go ahead. I feel like Michael Cole at least disagrees diplomatically. There's straight-up times where Jerry Lawler is like, you're stupid. <laughs> this poor that's, dude. That's accurate. I, I will say, I remember this time period and just hating michael cole god yeah just so much with that between that and the bootlicking of the miz yeah because this is when they were starting to turn michael cole into like a heel character yeah so he like was siding with the miz he spends the whole SummerSlam match talking shit about daniel bryan how the miz should have been in there and that leads to uh, Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania the next year. What a barn burner. What? I don't remember this. Yeah, WrestleMania. That'll be a match for later. Yeah, we'll have to discuss that one day. But Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler happens at WrestleMania 27. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, man, poor, poor Matt Stryker, though. He could literally just say a very true fact to be like, Guys, I do believe that it is oxygen that helps human beings breathe properly. And Michael Cole would just be like, no, you dumb fucking asshole. That's never been proven. Scientifically, nobody knows. It was like that, yes. So we're at Hell in a Cell. John Cena's part of the Nexus. Uh, The two men, the fans who helped interfere, turned out to be new members, Michael McGillicuddy and Husky Harris, who are going for two of the worst names in WWE history. It's almost like they should change their names to be more successful. Yeah. Well, McGillicuddy became Curtis Axel, which was about the same level of success. 
But Husky Harris did okay for himself. He uh, he turned into a little character known as Bray Wyatt. Yes, yes, the fiend. So he he turned out okay. God God bless him. So um, but yeah, the Nexus has a new member, John Cena. Um, John Cena has to do whatever Wade Barrett says, lest he be punished, including eliminating himself in a Royal Rumble match. That's right, because that's how uh, that's how Barrett becomes the number one contender for the title yeah yeah so uh number one contenders match battle royal for the wwe championship wade barrett makes john cena eliminate himself so wade barrett wins because he's a bad guy there is uh starting to be dissension in the ranks of the nexus which is always a good sign when it's four months after a faction debuts for there to be dissension already uh david otunga is trying to lead the charge for the team and trying to interfere on SmackDown uh, against Wade Barrett's best wishes. So there's dissension there. And uh, can you imagine Nexus leader David Otunga? David Otunga and that thick butt? David Otunga, you mean Mr. Jennifer Hudson? Yeah, the Harvard-educated lawyer out here doing fake athletics. What a king. I like how you guys are like, yeah, he's educated. He's married to Jennifer Hudson. And I'm just like, he's got a thick butt. We're like, yeah, he's pretty smart. He married a successful actress. And Sammy's like, he got that dump truck ass, though. God. Hey, you know, whatever works. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of David Otonga. Yeah, he uh, never a great wrestler, but I didn't really mind him. He he came into his own on the mic over the years. Yeah. He's still around. He uh, doesn't wrestle anymore. He kind of appears on their pre-shows to hype the card or whatever. So he's, yeah. he still has gainful employment, so good for him. This leads us into uh, Bragging Rights 2010, which was the pay-per-view that took place shortly after Hell in a Cell. John Cena, as part of the Nexus, has to do what Wade Barrett says. Next up on our Best of Nexus WWE Network special is a tag team match that may be the weirdest in wrestling history. You have uh, the tag team champions Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre come out. And uh, what a weird mishmash. What did, what did you think of seeing uh, Cody and Drew? together in 2010 little baby drew mcintyre and cody rose and his obviously fake teeth sammy's very into just the smallest details of a wrestler's physical appearance i enjoy it this was pre-neck tattoo cody rose right oh god yeah that was about it he got that like last summer yeah and that's uh before uh before uh what was the character that off gold dust uh stardust Oh, he, I, I thought it was Stardust. I'm like, no, that's the name of that restaurant in New York. But it's just, <laughs> they're both that. Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Before he had a uh, an on-air feud with Stephen Amell, star of God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cody's had an interesting. He had an interesting WWE run. Wait, he had a feud with the star of Arrow. Yeah, in uh, 2015, Stephen Amell was part of the SummerSlam build. <sighs> I think it was. It ended up being uh, Stephen Amell and Neville versus uh, Cody Rhodes and Wade Barrett. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, funny enough. Taking it back to the Nexus days, it all ties together somehow. Wrestling's a never-ending, infinite circle of looping. But yeah, we have uh, baby Drew McIntyre, who looks and sounds different than he does today. He looks like a child compared to the ripped, rugged mountain of a man he is now. Cody Rhodes was dashing. And uh, they want to they want to defend the tag titles, but they've beaten everybody there is to beat. But then uh, the anonymous Raw General Manager 
Zach, let's chat about that for a minute. What'd you think of the anonymous raw GM? I was not sure how I felt about it, but I think it just made me dislike Michael Cole more. Yeah. When he would when he would read it off. You see, you don't have to be. De- in the middle of bragging rights. Can I have your attention, please? I have just received an email from the anonymous Raw general manager. Were there people who thought that the anonymous Raw general manager was Michael Cole? There were some. Yeah, because they didn't really reveal it at the time. It just kind of got dropped. So there was all kinds of speculation on who it was. I think, like, in 2015 or 16, just in a throwaway segment, they announced it was Hornswoggle the whole time. Yep. Because everything comes back to Hornswoggle. Everything. Everything. Even even NXT. Yeah, season five. Darren Young and Hornswoggle. Um, she's looking... Oh, that was Titus. I'm sorry. Titus and Hornswoggle. Much yeah. better. Um, from the brief bit you saw of the anonymous Raw General Manager, what did, what did you think of that gimmick? Was this kind of off topic was this the lead up to michael cole being in a pod yeah it was part of it it didn't, it didn't really coincide but it was all in the same area i think michael cole put himself in a pod because uh, he didn't want to sit at the same table with jerry lawler anymore i understand that <laughs> or he was just ahead of the curve and was practicing social distancing huh covid jokes <laughs> i mean i too would want to be as far away from jerry lawler as humanly possible <laughs> that, yeah. i share that sentiment <laughs> puppies uh but yeah so the uh, anonymous general manager comes on he says that there is a team that mac and uh, cody can defend against and that is the uh the nexus so so wade barrett comes out and david otunga is going to wrestle and also doing his bidding john cena is going to team with david otunga uh the match isn't very good otunga comes in gets his ass handed to him and then cena tags in kind of sells for McIntyre and Cody for about three minutes and then just turns it up and just destroys them both real easy. So your new tag champions are John Cena and David Otungo. What a what a duo. The best tag team champions ever. And naturally Cena gives Otunga the uh attitude adjustment, holds up of both course. titles and leaves on his own accord because there you go. that's what you do. So uh John Cena's part of the Nexus. He's doing things he doesn't want to do. He's a tag champion, though, so he's got uh, another title under his belt, which is pretty nice. So from this point on, we are going into Survivor Series. Randy Orton is your WWE champion. Um, Wade Barrett, I believe this is the point where he wins that battle royal. Mm -hmm. I may have my timeline fucked up, but somehow Wade Barrett becomes the number one contender for the championship. So Wade Barrett is the uh, number one contender for Randy Orton, and they're going to be wrestling at Survivor Series. John Cena is named the special guest referee, and if Wade Barrett does not win the championship, then John Cena is going to be fired. He's going to lose his livelihood. He's going to lose the one thing he's ever cared about, the way that he puts money on the table, honey. Do you feel the drama? There's so much drama. Zach, do you feel the drama? I feel it. (laughs) I feel the drama. Just the enthusiasm radiating from both of your lovely voices. <laughs> That's what's keeping me going right now. Uh, so I'll be fair. We didn't watch that whole match because I like Randy Orton. I like Wade Barrett. I don't want to watch them wrestle for 20 minutes. No, it's just a lot so... of it's a lot of rest holds. And I think I made the right choice because I skipped to where there's about five minutes left and the crowd is deathly quiet. 
it's almost like they need to to push some things along a little bit yeah yeah uh cena is going you know he's uh he's he's trying to be a fair and partial referee he's counting one two barrett uh, can't get the job done orton can't get the job done eventually barrett pushes cena cena says you know f this nudges barrett randy orton hits the rko and john cena makes the uh dramatic choice to count the one two three randy orton retains and john cena is fired drama we're definitely never going to see him ever again ever again so as most people do when they're fired john cena comes back the next night on raw and uh he cuts a promo (laughs) about how he's been fired and he uh, says his goodbyes, and again, like most people who've been fired, after saying goodbyes, he interferes in the main event and goes to town. And uh, you know how many weeks of TV John Cena missed due to being fired? Anybody? Zero? Sam? Zero. Yeah, zero. He, uh, he couldn't even get a nice little like one-week vacation out of it. I know. No, uh, he uh, he kept showing up as a as a ticket holder and would just randomly attack oh, people backstage. Right. I forgot that angle. Yeah, and uh, missed no time, and uh, he was he was brought back. So you know that's great. Um, Otunga wanted John Cena to stop attacking them, so Wade Barrett said he would bring John Cena back. I think I don't quite remember. It's all muddled in my head. Uh, this uh, this leads to our blow off between the Nexus and John Cena. It's a it's a match at tables, ladders, and chairs, the TLC pay per view in 2010, where John Cena easily disposes of Wade Barrett and, in a very fitting piece of symbolism, buries Wade Barrett hard under a pile of steel chairs. Oh, I remember that moment. It was glorious. Just he uh, carries him up to the uh, top of the stage and covers him with a wood pallet, which I guess is what you would do when you want to inflict punishment on a man and unleashes about 20 steel chairs down on top of him, thus completely burying Wade Barrett. And finally, it's almost like he made a shield or something. Yeah. No, the shield were actually a good group, Zach. Uh, (laughs) Oh, huh? 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 So that's pretty much that uh, for the original version of the Nexus. Uh, Shortly thereafter, uh, Zach, I'll let you lead this off. You, you you like the new Nexus, right? I do. And, you know, this is one one thing. I, I heard uh, Sam make a, a comment on one of the podcasts earlier about CM Punk, or you made it about her love of CM Punk. And that's really <laughs> what made me think, huh, we could discuss this because, yeah. uh, you know, we have CM Punk coming in as the new management of the new nexus yes uh and you know i'd hoped to inject some life into this into this stable but uh yeah you can only wish for so much right yeah it's it's funny because like when when we started talking i was like man there's nothing about the new nexus on the wwe network thing I could barely find anything online i'm like they were pretty big right like punk took over and they kind of rejuvenated Nah. Uh, it starts off, CM Punk, the uh, the Nexus says they're under new leadership, and they attack John Cena, and John CM Punk comes out and puts the Nexus armband on, and I believe the next week the Nexus ousts Wade Barrett. And and that that is one of my most memorable moments for the WWE was uh, was that steel cage match. Punk is 
And so that was the Wade Barrett, Randy Orton, and Sheamus in a steel cage match where everyone is going going at each other. And then Wade Barrett, of course, is up up in the corner about to be able to go over the cage and then instead decides to jump off the top rope to try and inflict more punishment because that's what you do. It's not about getting out of the steel cage. That's right. It's about putting on a show. Yeah. Uh, but then Wade Barrett finally getting up to the cage and CM Punk running up, jumping up to the top of the cage, lowering his arm to pull Wade Barrett up. And when Wade offers his hand, you, you see the uh, the similarities between this and the Lion King. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Where it's, brother, help me. <laughs> brother. And then CM Punk grabbing onto Wade Barrett's arm, ripping off the Nexus armband and kicking him to the ground. <sighs> was just poetic. So who is uh, who plays Simba in this role? Would that be Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater? I think with the hair, you have to go Slater. Yeah. Um, because he has that orange mane. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, I can see the at that time the young Justin Gabriel looking up just as like a young Simba, scared as his father is falling <laughs> to the ground. Dad! Only to be uh, run over by uh, by Seamus and Randy Orton. <laughs> and at least since this is wrestling and it's it's not real, at least this version of Mufasa lives. He just fucks off to SmackDown and creates the core. The core with God. two R's. Yeah, the with core. two R's. Yeah, yeah because the core. If, if the name wasn't already bad enough, the core like a pirate core. in it. Um, God, that's perfect. But yeah, so uh, Punk is the new leader, and he wants these guys to to initiate themselves to prove their worth to him. And they, I don't recall all of them. They all have to like get beaten half to death in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was essentially his initiation stuff into the uh, Straight Edge Society, except cranked up to eleven. Yeah, yeah. So instead of instead of making uh. Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel shave their heads. He just has them beat each other with kendo sticks. Yeah. And um, Gabriel and Slater were the only ones who refused to do the initiation. Old old Husky Harris did his, and Otunga did his. And, and uh, as the aforementioned core, Gabriel and Slater went to SmackDown to be with Barrett and uh, Big Ezekiel Jackson. Do you know who that is? Is he a different name now? He's not even around anymore. Okay, so now. Big Zeke. Uh, the new Nexus gains a new member, Batista. I'm sorry. Mason Ryan makes his <laughs> debut. Dude, he looks just like Batista. Like, just like great value brand Batista. I was going to say, Mom, can we have Batista? No, we have Batista at home. <laughs> <laughs> and Batista at home is Mason Ryan. That is fantastic. Uh, um, the new Nexus from here... They don't really go anywhere. It's more of a catalyst for CM Punk to have a group to lead, I guess, to kind of show off his skills. I know they do some Nexus versus Core stuff in the Royal Rumble, the 40-man Rumble, 
they have a little bit of a showdown. Yeah, really, it was they they started to kind of wean off the Nexus and essentially said, you know what, we need someone, we need someone vicious to just take out the members of the new Nexus. Yeah, per, perhaps so, an Apex Predator. An Apex Predator is exactly the one. <laughs> a Viper, eh? That leads us into a feud with CM Punk and Randy Orton, where uh, CM Punk was assaulted by Orton like two and a half years prior when he was the world champion, and Punk is choosing now to get his revenge. Revenge right. is a dish best served cold, I guess. Or at very best lukewarm. Uh, Orton responds by systematically destroying the Nexus week after week. He's just punting members away. Husky Harris is sent back down to FCW to train some more. Orton punts Otunga in the head. He ends up punting Mason Ryan. This leads to a one-on-one between Punk and Orton at WrestleMania. New new Nexus around. Randy Orton wins that. They go on to have a blow-off at Extreme Rules. Randy Orton also wins that. Mason Ryan, I think... Hank just kind of disappeared. Gabriel, no, I'm sorry, Otunga and McGillicuddy. I forgot about him. Very forgettable. They stayed a tag team for a while, and then the whole thing just kind of fell apart when Punk did his uh, contract expiring angle. Yeah, I, I will say that this all kind of led into what has been called one of the most impactful promos of all time. Oh, yeah. The pipe bomb. You know the what I'm pipe. talking about? Yes. Is that that good shit? That's that's that good good shit. I think that was one of the first things you showed me was the pipe bomb promo. That sounds like me. Um, the note that at that point when uh, Punk's contract is expiring, he basically stops mentioning the Nexus. I'm pretty sure they stop appearing with him. I think they just team up on their own at the Money in the Bank pay per view where Cena, where uh, Punk wins the belt from Cena and leaves with it and creates like one of the best angles they've ever had. It says that he's part of the new Nexus and his nameplate, but he's not wearing their shirt, their armband, or anything. It's pretty much never mentioned again. And they officially disband right after Money in the Bank 2011. And uh, something that started off so hot with so much potential, so much spark, dies with a whimpering... Poo! It's kind of disappointing. They had so much potential... Yeah. If they were just able to be put over by some of the older guys on the roster. By some of the older guys, I mean Cena. John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's weird to think like if uh if the Nexus would have won that match, could they have kept their momentum? Because like you mentioned earlier, in the grand scheme it was kind of exposed that really not too many of those guys were ready to be on that big of a stage. So I think eventually it would have flattened out. Uh Barrett had star potential. Like, a few of those guys went on to become bigger, but you had guys like Tarver was gone right away. Um, McGillicuddy and Otunga, for all their worth, they hug around for a while, but they were never anything too big. Daniel Bryan was obviously the star of the Nexus, but he was only part of the group for one night. Yeah. I will say, for WWE Championships, since becoming a member of the Nexus, there have been... 11 times that people who have joined the Nexus and after joining the Nexus won the WWE Championship. Now, 
Six of those were John Cena. You motherfucker. I was like, who? I was like, there's no... I was like, I thought of Brian and Wyatt. I'm like, who the fuck else? Oh. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even count uh, Bray Wyatt. He won it uh, once. Twice? He won the... Yeah, twice. Twice. He won the WWE title. Once as The Fiend and once as Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah. So there. That even pads oh, the stats a little more. 13. Yeah, 13. And then CM Punk won. Yeah, yeah. So he won that there. He won it technically twice in 2011. So, yeah, the <laughs> Nexus turned out to be a very successful group. As long as you count John Cena's six championships <laughs> since becoming uh, a Nexus member. Hey, man, he will forever go down as the most successful Nexus member. And we can't take that away from John Cena, nor would we ever try to. At the same time, I would put him up against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cena and Brian, it's kind of weird to like watch that uh, that SummerSlam 2010 match where he brings out Brian as his opponent, knowing that three years later they end up wrestling at SummerSlam when Daniel Bryan's like peaking in popularity. He wins his first WWE title from John Cena, so that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, wh- where where are they now? Where is the Nexus now? Uh, Wade Barrett, go ahead, Zach. Sorry, I know. Uh... I was going to say, great question. Some of them are still <laughs> around, some are not. I was about to say, uh, I was looking to do some research out uh, of the show and was looking up the members, and I was like, oh, and we're going to say, and it was a big launching point for all of them, and I'm like, <laughs> not in the WWE. No, and I mean, not like, even wrestling. Even the, not even wrestling. Even the Nexus members that went on to have success, their success literally had nothing to do with the Nexus. It was because they had to go away and get completely rebuilt. Um, Wade Barrett stuck around for a while. He had a modicum of success. He, it felt like anytime they would try to push him to the top, he would get hurt and they would just have to stop their plans. He had a lot of on and off pushes throughout the few years. He was around ultimately left in 2016. He's back now. Conveniently enough, he's a commentator for NXT now. So that all comes full circle. Well, you know what they say, if you if you can't do, teach. Yeah. Or commentate. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, right back at it again. Which, huh? Is this a day to remember or what? Ha-ha. Uh, Daniel Bryan, it goes without saying, he went on to be the most successful member of this group. He went on to great heights. He uh, became one of the most popular superstars in the WWE of the past decade, won the championship at WrestleMania 30, was forced to retire due to injuries, but has come back since then and continued forth, still putting on good matches to this day, still doing a great job. Uh, Darren Young was a part of the primetime players for a while. He left the WWE around 2014 or 15. He still floats around on the independents from time to time. Yeah, he's, in, uh, he's, he's in Japan right now. Yeah, yep, I believe, yeah, he's uh, on New Japan's YouTube show or something, so he's working for them. Skep Sheffield went on to be known as Ryback. He got pushed pretty hard. He was pretty white hot there for a minute and then ended up kind of in the mid-card. And as my beautiful wife said, he now has a YouTube channel where he reviews hot chips. I highly recommend. It's a rabbit hole you will fall down. Michael Tarver, I think, is gone from the industry altogether. He kind of fizzled out right away. Justin Gabriel wrestles as PJ Black now on the Independents. He's still around, floating around. Heath Slater is still around. He left the WWE about a year ago, got let go. He wrestled for Impact, I believe. 
Yeah, sometimes even a one-man band can't uh, keep you around. Well, I will say that the three-man band, though, the other two got their just due. You know, Mahal was let go. He came back. He won the championship. Drew McIntyre was fired. He came back and won the championship. So I think it's Heath Slater's time. Get Jack to the fucking gills and come back and win that strap. Can you imagine WWE champ Heath Slater? I like Heath Slater, so I I wouldn't mind that. Do you ship it? I I just picture him as a more tanned Seamus. (laughs) (laughs) Just jacked. Slightly brown. That is an insult to Seamus. (laughs) Seamus so white. Christ. Uh, My my dude Dave Otunga, as mentioned, is still around. He does pre-show stuff. Husky Harris went on to be Bray Wyatt. He's had a successful career, currently known as The Fiend. In a feud with Randy Orton, possibly leading into WrestleMania this year. The Fiend is dead, honey. Alexa Bliss is in a feud with Randy Orton. I apologize. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Michael McGillicuddy went on to become known as Curtis Axel. He had a decent to best mid-card run. He became Intercontinental Champion a couple times, and that was more or less that. Is he still employed? No. No? Maybe? No, I don't think so. I don't really care. I was just asking. <laughs> Mason Ryan came and went. I don't even know if he's still alive. Probably. Uh, Mason Ryan, he is. He stars in a movie called The Guardians of the Galaxy, right? You little motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, of course, we cannot forget about the most successful Nexus member of all time, John Cena. He continued on to great heights. He won several more championships. He's a Hollywood star nowadays, and if anything, he has proof that this group worked. I, I wouldn't say he's a Hollywood star. I've seen some of his work. He's a Hollywood <laughs> existence, I guess. He's, 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 he's trying. He's trying he's real there. hard, Zach. He enjoys playing dads. He's just a dad in every movie I've ever seen him in. I remember uh, 13 Rounds came out around the same time. Yeah. Uh, as as all this when he was an action hero for that we're talking about the marine here guys he is an he is a uh, respected former member of our military and we must treat see, him as such see i just know the miz is the marine did you ever watch the miz's did you ever watch any of the marine movies zach i did not dude i think it was either marine five or six the miz stars in it i think he was in a couple of them i, I remember that happening i never watched it and i just want to correct myself it was 12 rounds which came out in 2009 starring john cena it was oh. a mix of like taken and speed and a little bit of like born mixed with john wick-esque if we're talking about wwe movies see no evil is one that needs to be watched so fucking bad <laughs> I don't think it can beat uh, the one and only film with so many WWE stars in it, MacGruber. Oh, man. I saw that in theaters. I really did. It's like, wasn't it like an SNL sketch or something back in the day? It was, and MacGruber needs, it was was a take on MacGyver. Yeah. And then in order to, you know, to, to get through the mission he needs to put together a team and so he puts together a team of people including like mark henry was uh was in the group yeah and a bunch of other big name uh wwe guys and 
they're in the movie for maybe 10 seconds 15 yeah. seconds don't they get blown up or something that is exactly what happens wow they get exploded they uh much like the nexus they're around for a very short amount of time and they are blown sky high by the booking and they they burn bright and burn quick yeah that's right but uh that's that's the nexus um honey do you have any ultimate conclusions or thoughts on everything we've watched everything we've discussed the group known as the nexus fuck john cena zach do you have any final thoughts on the nexus it's one of those where it sticks so much in your mind and i guess it's one of those uh nostalgia things yeah for sure it was so much better than it was yeah you just think back of like there was this badass group that came and terrorized everybody and you go back to see it was for about a month tops pretty much and it's one of i wish that uh that it was better yeah but as as with most things professional wrestling we always hope for it to be a little better than it is but at the end of the day it's the wwe and we get what we deserve so saith the lord vince mcmahon himself but uh that that's that's the nexus uh zach thank you thank you so much for being on board thank you for reaching out to me i truly appreciate your your patronage your your assistance here today definitely i had a great time thank you so much for having me yeah man for sure um but uh you can find our podcast we are on twitter at muzzy wrestle pod you can find me on twitter at smorlax 187 i am at sammy please uh zach do you want people to know where to find you or do you have anything to plug or to shill now's your time nothing nothing really to plug you can follow me on twitter at zach t rich i typically tweet about random things and make fun of friends sounds good that's all you can ask for um that's it for this week the nexus has been covered it has been uh discussed with more care and detail than the wwe booking team put into them uh sammy and myself will return next week and i know sammy's excited she's got a smile on her face we're going to be discussing the career and the legacy of one brett the hitman Hart, which means i better drink a lot of water because my throat's going to be real hoarse from doing my brett impression But until next time, that is it for today, and we will see you next week.